Hello, my lovely people, and welcome to The Fletcher Files, a Murder, She Wrote podcast with your host, Monty. (laughs) This week, we will be talking about Night of the Tarantula, season six, episode seven, first aired November 12th, 1989. And the IMDb summary reads, Voodoo Black Magic is the apparent cause of death of her host, leaving Jessica to figure out the truth while visiting an old friend in Jamaica. So let's get into the trivia. This episode was partially filmed on the set used for Mr. Roick's house in Fantasy Island, 1977. Now let's get into the returners, then the cast, then a brief message from your host. Okay, it's not a commercial. There's some issues we got to deal with first. And then we'll get into the episode. Returners. So first we have Hurt Hatfield. And we will recognize him as Leo Peterson from Death Takes a Curtain Call. Season one, episode eight. And he was the uncle of the one of the ballet dancers that was defecting from the Soviet Union. We will then recognize him as William Redford, season two, episode 17, One Good Bid Deserves a Murder. And I think he was one of the people bidding. I don't remember. Not important. Or he was a gallery owner, something to that effect. And then in this episode, he plays Jean-Pierre Dussant. And this is his last Murder, She Wrote episode. We then have John Rise Davis. And we will recognize him as a Lancaster from JB as in Jailbird, season five, episode one. He was the agent that was in charge of that area that... Michael Haggerty, our friend, (laughs) had to answer to, but also was trying to avoid that whole thing, him. In this episode, he plays Harry Waverly. Now the cast, we have Michelle and Jean-Pierre Dussant, George Gordon, Calder Williams, Mark, Adam, Harry, Olivia Waverly, We have Selena Williams Waverly, Sergeant Jones, and Dr. Hayes. Now, issue. Okay. (laughs) There are a few, uh, and then we'll get into the episode. One, Harry Waverly makes several comments about and to others that are racist in nature, point blank period. Uh, we all, or those who don't know, uh, Jamaica was colonized by, uh, Great Britain, the United Kingdoms, England, however you want to refer to them. Yes. And Harry likes to bring that up. He is very dismissive of the native culture of Jamaica as well. So there are a few comments that are not just distasteful, they're racist, period. Two, one, uh, Selena Williams Waverly, 
right? We'll find out what part she plays once we get into the episode. But she is the daughter of a Jamaican father, a black Jamaican father, right? We don't know the race of her mother. We just know that her mother died uh, some years ago. Now, the actress, from what I could find on the internet, does not have any mention of her being uh, Jamaican, uh, African-American, biracial, anything. So based on my research, I could be wrong. She may be of Jamaican heritage, African-American heritage, or some other West Indian heritage. But if not, you're telling me that this apparently white woman is playing a Jamaican woman, right? We don't know if she's supposed to be biracial. The way the father was talking, I doubt it. Um, Cause he was given back what Harry was given out. So he was rightfully offended. Now he was in this man's house, but he was trying to get his daughter and he was disrespected. So disrespected by more than one. So disrespected by Mark and disrespected by Harry. Okay. So he's just trying to get his daughter back. He don't want her messing around with these colonizers for lack of a better word. And that is definitely how Harry portrays himself. So it's not being used as a necessarily offensive term. That is how Harry is holding himself out. Like we came in here and saved you savages. Point blank period is the vibe that he is actually giving off. So you have this, uh, dark-skinned Black man who's coming to get his daughter who could pass for white. I think the actress is actually white, but you're telling me that you cannot find a fully Jamaican actress who either fit the aesthetic, which Black people, no matter what country, native to whatever country, come in all different colors, all different shapes and sizes. So you're telling me that in 1989, you could not find a Jamaican woman to play this character. So that means if this actress is in fact not Jamaican, that she has now put on an accent and she is playing the role of a minority person who whose presence is upsetting to the family for twofold, right? Now, I don't think they realize until her father comes that she's supposed to be a person of color. She just has, she's just browner. She got a tan. She's not brown. She has uh, more of an olive skin tone and black curly hair. So I don't know if that's supposed to let us know ahead of time that she's supposed to be a minority. I don't know. But when they meet her fully black father, now, now it's doubly a problem. So yeah, I recognize those issues. I realize those issues. Okay. So 
we're just going to put them up here. I realize them there. They can be upsetting. We're going to push past that and get into the episode. Okay. Because I don't want you to think that I didn't recognize how the casting is an issue here with regards to Selena and two that in this family, well, I don't want to say really family friendly, but it kind of, because there's murder involved, but technically in this cozy mystery world that you would again, not as frequent as the racism in Native American giver, because I told you I'm not going to say that word when it refers to Native Americans. Not as often, but no less disrespectful and racist in this episode with regards to Jamaican Natives versus Native Americans and how the Cabot Cove citizens treated uh, that young man. Now, he was not the descendant in that episode. You could watch that episode and listen to that review. He was still a Native American. Now, I don't think the actor was. I don't remember, but I don't think the the actor was Native American. I think he was a minority, but I don't think he was Native American. But I may be mistaken. But if he was not, I, I addressed that in that episode. So anyway, let's get into this. But I'll I'll tell you what, I except for when Selena's father, Caldor, comes in and how he's introduced. Other than that, I'm not going to address any of the racist comments made by Harry. We we know they exist. They're upsetting. Even though I am not of Jamaican heritage and I'm of African-American heritage, it's still racist to all people of color, specifically Black people. And additionally, those who live in countries that were colonized. So, and the Native people were disrespected and dismissed um, and made less than because they were Natives and their country was colonized. So, Let's get into the episode. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What a way to start. So we start with a voodoo ceremony deep within the woods of Jamaica. And the person who is leading this ceremony, we later find out is Selena's father, Calder. So we then go to the Waverly Estate where we find Jessica and Olivia reminiscing about old times in, I'm guessing college or late high school. They talk about Emma, Jessica's cousin, who we've met before. And they all used to hang out, I guess, when Jessica would visit or when Emma would visit because Olivia has some sort of accent. I don't know where it's from, So I don't know (laughs) if it's a version of an English accent and they, Jessica would visit Emma and they would hang out in England or if it's an accent she developed living 
in Jamaica. It's not a Jamaican accent, that much I can tell you. But, you know, some people come with accents and it mixes and mingles and then you develop a new accent. I don't know where this lady's from, but she got some un... If you can identify the accent, please let me know. Anyway, so they're reminiscing about old times. We find out that Emma isn't there because she's opening a new review, like a a show. And Jessica's like, oh, is it in the West End or something to that effect? And (laughs) apparently it's in like Blackpool Pier. So that maybe that's some off, off, off Broadway (laughs) situation. She too shamed. She don't want them to know. And we find out also that Olivia lost her husband, Jack, 20 years ago. But his brother, Harry, has helped her through this, as well as helping her to raise his nephews, her sons, Adam and Mark. So we find out that Jessica is there to help celebrate Adam, the oldest son's birthday. He is turning 30. And once he turns 30, he is going to inherit the plantation from his uncle because it was his father's plantation. So it would go to him, I guess, in since Jack died, maybe in his will, he wanted Harry to take over. Maybe they ran it together. So Harry was already involved and that would give his son time, his son who was 10 years old and obviously could not have taken over, but give him 20 years to watch and to work with Harry so that at the age of 30, he could take over, which actually is a really smart thing to do. Now, if your kid does what they're supposed to do, and if your uh, brother does what he's supposed to do, then that's not like at 18, you're then saddled with this responsibility and you've just been living your life. This gives him time to get through school, go to college if he needs to go to college, learn about agriculture, etc. graduate at 21, 22 years old. And then you have eight years of hands-on opportunity to use what you've learned in school and what you're seeing day to day, or maybe not go to college, just have your high school diploma And you've been hands-on since 18. So 12 years of hands-on work, seeing how everything runs. And obviously, when he turns 30, Harry's not going to just disappear. He's going to be there to help him continue to run the plantation. So yeah, I think that was very smart because it definitely gives the heir enough time if they do the right thing, enough time to be well prepared to take over and still young enough to, you know, be in charge for many years, many, many years forward, raise their kids there, teach the kids how to run the plantation, etc. So Harry come, Harry is concerned that Adam isn't ready because Adam has been living his life I think he's had a regular job. He is currently in Kingston, Jamaica, and he's been there for three weeks and he really hasn't been in communication with everyone. So Harry's like, he just ran off. Like he's not really hands-on. He's not really learning the business. I don't think he's going to be ready in a few days to take over 
And again, like I said, if everything worked out the way that it should with Harry giving 100% to the plantation and teaching Adam the ropes and Adam doing his part and giving 100% to learning how to run the plantation and learning what he will need Harry to do as they continue with now Adam in charge, this would have been smooth. But Adam is out there sowing his wild oats, living his best life. But we find out that Adam is returning that evening. So they're having a surprise party for him that night, but his birthday is actually not that day. So yeah, there's a, Harry comes into the room. We ain't going to discuss him or his comments here. Okay. So Olivia goes to answer the phone and Harry and Jessica are speaking. We learn that the plantation was actually Jack's and that when he died, Harry was able to come in and basically make it more efficient and more profitable. And we also then meet Mark, who's the younger brother. And he apparently has been hands-on at the plantation, like literally, you know, planting. Uh, They have horses as well, just been hands-on. But Harry is still very hard on him. And, you know, it's, he is the second, he's not the heir apparent, okay? When he turns 30, I don't know how, what the age difference is, but when Mark turns 30, he will get one third of the plantation. So Adam, I guess, is getting 100%. And then he will have 75%. No, they said a third. (laughs) Okay, 66.67%. And Mark will take a third percent. So he... He really is putting in all this work, but he's never going to be in charge, right? So once Adam has a son or a daughter or a daughter, because, you know, to take over, it's going to run down Adam's line. Now, it probably he probably would want a son because you know how to, we got issues with this family already. So clearly it would have to be a son. And if he don't have a son, it'll probably all go to Mark and go down Mark's line. And if he don't have a son, I don't know what they're going to do. Because the way Harry talking, okay, the fact that Olivia, well, she ain't signed up for this. She she ain't signed up for this. So I don't blame her for not necessarily being involved. Like she was Jack's wife. I don't think she was running the plantation with him before he died. And now she's just chilling, collecting a check. But it don't seem like they would give the plantation to uh, a niece as opposed to moving it over to Mark. So... (laughs) Just just an observation and how these people are flowing out here. So at this point, Jean-Pierre Dussant arrives and meets Jessica. Now, he has a daughter, Michelle. He leaves Michelle in the car, okay? 
He gets out of the car. He does not walk around to open her door. And she's sitting in that car because no one has opened her door for her. And I'm like, girl, what? You just, you would have sat there all day. Don't come to my house and just be sitting in your car because your father obviously thought that you were going to let yourself out of the car. (laughs) You're out here sitting there mad, holding a crystal punch bowl, okay? So anyway, Mark sees that she's in the car. Clearly, Mark is attracted to her and likes her. She's paying him absolute dust. She's like, oh, well, thank, at least someone remembered me. Can you take this bowl? Your mother asked for it. So everybody can see. And I know Michelle knows that Mark likes her. But apparently, Michelle has been promised to Adam. And it's more like Adam has been promised to Michelle. And we'll find out why in a minute or two. But yeah. Okay, so she's not paying Mark any attention for real. I don't even, I don't, did she say thank you? I don't even know. Homegirl came in with attitude. So now I know they're French. So that's like a stereotype that French people are nasty or rude. But I'm like, girl, you would, listen, I would have told my son, don't, don't go and open that door for her. Cause if her daddy ain't do that, then that means she can get out herself. Okay. You, you keep it pushing. You do what your uncle said to do and get it right this time. All right. (laughs) And then clean up and come in for tea. So we find out that Jean-Pierre grew up in this plantation house. Okay. That in 1946, now I don't know how old Jean-Pierre was. He says, I was very little at the time. Every time I see that crystal, Punch bowl, I remember my parents throwing parties here, but I was very young at the time. So I don't know how, this was like 40 years ago. Well, if this is 40 years ago and their children are like in their late twenties, wouldn't he have been grown in 1946? He would have been in his twenties. I'm assuming that they're in their sixties. Or late 50s. So he would have been like a teenager. He wouldn't have been little, little. Anyway. So apparently in 1946, Harry's father and Dusant's father and Jean-Pierre's father were playing poker. And Dusant lost the plantation on a poker game. Let that sink in. He lost a whole plantation in the land, except for 200 acres out back in a poker game. One hand, one hand of a poker game. Now that that is gambling addiction for you. Okay, I don't care how good you think your hand is. But you're going to put the place that your family lives, you're going to put the place that provides an income for your family, you're going to put up something that you're supposed to pass down to generation to generation to generation for a hand of poker. That is a disease. That's not okay. That's not okay. Like, you t- you. <laughs> 
you put up your livelihood over a hand of poker, okay? Now, I don't know. Nobody said what Harry's father, Harry and Jack's father put up, okay? I don't know what he thought that he was going to win because it had to be something amazing for him to risk his entire, his home, his job, that, like, I don't know if he worked outside, but he had a plantation and that it was a working plantation. So you, what could have been on the line that you were willing to risk all of that to win and ended up losing everything? Because it don't sound like the Waverleys have another property. Everybody lives here. It's not like, oh, when Adam gets married, he's going to move to our other property or, you know, he's going to run the plantation, but Mark is going to run, you know, our multi-million dollar business. Like what did Harry and Jack's father put up at this poker game? Because it don't seem like they have anything other than this plantation that was won in 1946. Makes you think. Yeah, anyway, we never find out. So anyway, (laughs) so you can be upset as I am about what that possibly could have been. So anyway, Jean-Pierre is like, yes, we have the, the 200 acres, which are the richest in Jamaica. And that he gets offers for it all the time for exorbitant amounts of money. Now, we're not going to talk about how none of the native Jamaicans are getting that money. Yeah, yeah, none of it, none of it. Um, So maybe they're, maybe they're employees, but we, we're not going to be, we're going to be salty about that, but we're not going to discuss it further. Okay, here we go. So Jean-Pierre says he dreams of one day having his father's land reunited, maybe in marriage. And Harry says, so no. So Jessica says, oh, well, judging by the look on his face, Mark is smitten with Michelle. So the, you know, and Harry's like, no, 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 not Mark, Adam. Girl, Adam's the one who's getting this plantation. <laughs> In three days, okay? I don't know what day of the week this is, but we'll say three days. In three days, girl, listen, okay? <laughs> Ain't nobody thinking about Mark and his possible one third down the line. And so Jessica's like, I'm confused because clearly Mark likes Michelle and Adam ain't even here. So is Michelle even dating Adam? Cause she was like, oh, are they engaged? And they're like, no, but we've always had an understanding. Now, my thing is, have you discussed this understanding with your with Adam? Because obviously Michelle knows, but I don't think Adam knows. Okay, I don't, I don't, <laughs> ain't no contract been signed, ain't no handshake, nothing. Okay, no money put on the table, no engagement ring, no promise ring, no first date. Uh, nothing. Adam ain't even here. He ain't even here with you, Michelle. So I don't know what they were thinking. Oh, they, he's going to turn 30. He's going to take over and then they're going to get married. Okay. I don't know why they wouldn't have 
gotten them married before this because he was definitely going to take over the plantation and she was 100% on board. Now, my thing is, the smarter thing to do, okay, trying to keep this legacy and this inheritance, you know, situated, is as soon as he got out of college, got a little work experience, right? Then you should have put him and Michelle together, Adam and Michelle together, let them date for a few years, let them get married. Then she would have helped to get him focused on learning how to run the plantation because she was determined to be the woman of the house. Olivia be damned, okay? (laughs) His mama can live out back, I don't care. But I need to be the lady of this plantation. So that would have made more sense than to let him live his life to 30. And he ain't doing what he's supposed to be doing in order to prepare. And they ain't even date for real. Like, I don't even think they dated at all. They thought they were going to just arrange this. And he's 30. It's not like he's 18 or even 22 or 23. Where you might be able to convince him to do this. And she got a nasty attitude too. That's why he ain't trying to be with her. (laughs) She's terrible. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so they have a dinner party and this is going to be a surprise party for Adam. So they're, he doesn't know this. They're waiting for him to arrive. They've started the cocktails. And we meet George who is, the it appears to be the only black person there who is not in service to this party okay and apparently he runs his own weekly local newspaper and we find out in his conversation with Jessica who uh actually has respect for this man and is interested to find out about him as a reporter and, you know, and he's like, I edit, I write the whole night. It's all on me. So this is intriguing to her because she is like, that's not something that she is able to do. So she wants to find out more about George. And I'm like, thank you. Because Harry was rude to him. Okay, Harry's, okay, we're not going to talk about him no more. Anyway, so we find out that George worked in Hollywood And he has done everything from props to stunts to makeup on horror films, okay? So he has these skills. He wanted to be a filmmaker, but that wasn't happening for him. And once he came to that realization, he decided to come back home to Jamaica where he can make a difference. And he's doing that through being a reporter and providing this local newspaper So to inform people, you know, because the fact is information is extremely valuable to people and him as being someone who has been to the States, has seen what's going on in Hollywood, grew up in Jamaica, sees what's going on in Jamaica, has a better idea of how to get this across to you know, what people want to hear and how to express it to them in a way where they're able to accept it because it's someone who understands their struggle and is not talking down to them or think they're better than them. So there's that. So Adam arrives 
to the surprise birthday party and everyone's so excited to see him. But Mark is pissed. Like the camera pans around. Mark is pissed. Michelle is excited to see him, but she's being proper. And when Adam is looking in her direction, he starts to head towards her passes her by without even acknowledging her and goes straight to Jessica. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here. Da, da, da. She's like, I wouldn't miss this for the world. Michelle is deflated. Okay. <laughs> so Adam, after he greets Jessica, he then says, I have a, he goes to his mom and he's like, I was going to prepare you for this in private, but since y'all got this party going on, everybody about, everybody's about to hear this. So he's like, I have a surprise. So he goes out to the car and he brings in a young lady and he says, this is Selena. She is my wife. Now, everybody's face drops. Michelle is devastated. Jessica's surprised. Mark is still pissed. (laughs) But I'm like, low key, Mark, why are you mad? Because this opens the door for you to possibly be with Michelle. Now, regardless of whether you got the plantation or you're getting a third, if Michelle got with you, it was because of your inheritance, not because she liked you. Now, is it possible that she never thought of you that way because she was always going to be supposed to be with Adam? That's a possibility too. So that means that you could have a chance with Michelle. So you shouldn't be mad. You should have immediately gone over to her and tried to console her. That's what you should have done. Okay. But no, you out here being pissed, missing your opportunity to step on in. Okay. So the next day, Jean-Pierre is uh, upset and he is letting Harry know you know, we had this agreement. You said to let Adam go out and sow some of his oats and that he, at the end of the day, would marry Michelle. And now that's not happening. So Michelle is like, basically her dream is dead. And Harry's like, listen, listen, Linda, listen. Okay. What about Mark? He's getting a third when he turns 30. So now the property, the, your father's land isn't all going to be back together at the same time, but you know, he's getting a third. And if something happened to Adam, which is very disturbing, which is very disturbing that Harry would even put that out there that, oh, well, if something happens to Adam, then it's going to Mark. And if you with Mark, then you get this because Michelle is like, I'm not going to be number two in this house, basically married to the second tier brother. So yeah, I'm disturbed by the fact that Harry was like, well, listen, anything could happen to Adam, whatever. He could renounce, he could die. I don't know, whatever. Get with Mark, make it happen. And Harry's like, it's up to you, Michelle. That's your option, Mark. So we're then downstairs and Adam is there, Olivia's there, Jessica's there. And I believe Selena, 
I don't know if Selena's in the room at this point, but Adam is standing in the forefront with his father's portrait in the back. And I like, I don't know if that is that actor's actual father. I don't know if they painted that portrait based on the actor playing Adam, but he looked like that's his father. Not for nothing. He looks like that is his father. Now they done cast Selena with a white woman, but they surely, (laughs) the prop department, not casting, side eye, but prop department, I got to give it to y'all because that man looked like that was his son and that, and that was his father, point blank period. I was like, that's uncanny. That is uncanny. That looked like that man's father. So anyway, just (laughs) fun fact. So Adam and Selena, we find out that in those three weeks that Adam was in Kingston, he met and married Selena. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, that seemed like some, some magical stuff happening. I don't know what she did to that man to get him to marry her. In three weeks. Now, she's a beautiful young woman. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if she got an education. I don't know if she got a job. I don't know if she got a bunch of kids. I don't know. Okay? I don't know what her deal is. But in three weeks, you got this man. This 29 turning on 30 about to get inherit a plantation man. Okay? To marry you in after meeting you. In a span of three weeks, not engaged, not seriously dating, but married in three weeks. And you ain't tell nobody, ain't tell your daddy, ain't tell his mother, nothing, ain't tell his brother, his cousin, nobody. Now, listen, not for nothing, whatever she did was clearly spectacular and had him just in the clouds because he was like I'm going to spend forever with you so anyway so we find out in Selena is here in this scene and we find out that her mother died the same year as Adam's father so she's been raised by her father for 20 years okay we don't know how old she is Right. But clearly she's in her 20s. And so her her mother has been gone for 20 years and her father. She's like, well, he doesn't believe that she's dead. And she's like, no, I think Adam was like, yeah, the same way you feel about Jack. And I'm like, you call your father by his first name? Like that. That's weird. But (laughs) I caught that. I was like, maybe he was supposed to say my father or dad, but I believe he said Jack. I was like, yes, you know, yeah, I understand that because his mother, Olivia, never remarried or dated seriously, I'm guessing, or brought another man into their life. And those, the fatherly responsibilities fell on Harry. So they're all in the living room, dining room situation and uh, Mark comes in and he says that he found a transient 
on the grounds. And then Selena's father walks in. He's like, I'm not a transient. If you found a transient on your grounds, why did you walk into your house and leave your door open? Like, I don't even understand. Like, how, how, what? You didn't, (laughs) just left the door wide open for this person to come into the house? That seemed like a setup. Like, that seemed like a setup. That they, yeah. So, Selena's like, no, that's my father. She's like, dad, what are you doing here? And he's like, I am here to take you home. You need to stop messing with these white people and come home. Okay. And she's like, no, I'm not going to leave. I love Adam. We're together. Da, da, da. Harry pulls a gun. And long story short, uh, Calder, Mr. Williams, uh, curses Harry. Okay. Then he leaves a velvet bag with something in it and says it's a wedding gift and leaves. Now, when I say curses, I mean like as in a spell, not in bad words. Okay. (laughs) Even though he would have been well within his rights. Now he is in that man's house. Okay. He is in that man's house, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) And he had a gun pulled on him. So if he were to talk crazy to him, I would not blame him because like I came here to get my daughter. Okay. That that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. I know that you do not want her here because now if you didn't know before, if you didn't suspect that she was ethnic, she is. Okay. She is black. And I know you don't want that to dirty up your line and your legacy. So let me just take my daughter back to her people. Okay. And not what you clearly, at least the head of this household right now is clearly racist. But, you know, she blinded by love or whatever. I was like, you married this man. You didn't know his family. They could, girl, you're lucky that his mom is respectful. But the fact that his uncle is just outright racist and you just happen to be passing Okay, just did not mention that you're black. Okay, yeah, until your fully black Jamaican father walks up in there. And I'm like, why Why he got to do voodoo though? Like, why can't he like own property in Jamaica? Why can't he be like the CEO of a huge company and have way more money than the Waverly's? Why does he have to be like a, the head of a, a voodoo sect? I don't, I don't know what they call the, the group um, that he was the, that he is the head of that we saw in ceremony at the beginning. Like what? I guess they had to do this curse narrative. So he, you know, he had to come out looking like a transient. God forbid he had a great job and have more money than the Waverly's. She got to be some regular or some poor Jamaican girl that Adam was saving. Anyway, so in the bag is a skull with a boa constrictor just in it. Okay, it's making its way out. Mark is like, oh, this is just a baby boa, whatever. 
So he takes it. He's not afraid of it. And he's like, we can use this to kill the rats. So I'll, I'll put it in the tool shed until someone can release it to the wild. So that night, everyone is awakened by drum beats. And we find out that these are talking drums and they talk of death, according to Selena. Everyone's looking around. And they're like, where's Harry? And Jessica's like, he must be a heavy sleeper. And Olivia's like, no. I'm like, I promise you that man is a heavy sleeper. But okay. <laughs> but whatever. She said he's not. So they go. His door is locked. They're about to break it down. And Jessica is like, well, the key is still in the door. So she maneuvers it, gets the key to drop onto something and pulls it out from under the door. They go in. Harry is dead, tucked in his bed with the boa just hanging out, slithering around his body. So the police arrive. Selena is like, it's my fault. If I hadn't married Adam, my father would have never came here and cursed Harry. And Olivia is like, obviously he was killed by the snake. Like, that's not your fault. And the sergeant, he's like, thank you that the sergeant and chief of police, I'm guessing, uh, or at least the police sergeant, is black and appears to be of Jamaican heritage. Thank you, casting. Anyway, so Mark says, well, I put it, the snake, in a plastic bag in the tool shed. And Adam is like, well, clearly someone got it and put it in the bed. It got hungry and then attacked Harry. And the sergeant says, that snake only will kill what it eats it only kills to eat I'll say and Jessica says well does that mean that it only kills what it can eat and that's not the now those snakes can get large and there are ones that can eat a human or larger animal okay like a deer a crocodile the whole nine right but that's not the type of snake. That's not the size of snake that could have actually eaten Harry. So the sergeant is like, basically, yeah. Like, I don't think that it would have uh, uh, killed Harry to eat it. But I'm like, but it could have bit him to defend itself, though. But if he was asleep, you know, and it appears he was peacefully sleeping, there really wouldn't have been a cause for the snake to bite him in defense of itself. So Jessica is like, well, yeah, I don't think it was a snake because there were faint bruise marks on his neck. Okay, now we don't even know anything about whether there were any fang marks, you know, where the snake could have bitten him the first, you know. So Mark is like, well, I don't know how that could have happened because the room is sealed. Like it was locked with the key in it on the inside. The windows were closed. There was no way anyone could enter. And Selena is like, no human. And I'm like, she's really leaning into this being a curse as well. And I'm like, girl, I don't, that, that's not, that's not okay. Because now for nothing, you need to be, protecting your father. Okay. <laughs> now for now, Harry was terrible. 
Okay. He pulled a gun on your father. So personally, I would have been like, yeah, y'all got to figure out how somebody got in that room because, you know, yeah, there's some black magic or whatnot, you know, whatnot, whatnot. But I don't think it, black magic ain't going to get no bruise marks around your neck. That is a human being. Okay. I don't know how they got in there. Okay. I don't know how they got in there, but whatever curse, uh, Mr. Williams done put on Harry was not somebody strangling him. Okay. So that could have been nobody's curse. Okay. Where'd they do that at? That somebody just materialized in human form and strangled him. Okay. Cause it, it wasn't all the way around his neck. Like the snake would have, would have done. They were, they were hand marks. Okay. That's a human. That's not a curse. Okay. And he wasn't mesmerized to kill himself. He didn't choke himself to death. So I know y'all need to stop looking at my father. Thank you. Goodness. She ain't do nothing. You're like, no one human. Girl. 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 Anyway, so the next morning, Jessica is outside trying to figure out how someone could have gotten into Harry's room. And George is out there and he's like, yeah, so voodoo is real. Okay, black magic is a thing. Uh, is that what happened? Because that's what they say it happened. But you went in the house. And Jessica's like, I don't believe that it was the curse that caused, I believe that that could happen. But in this case, it wasn't no magic to it. It was very human. So George is like, well, do you know people who can walk through walls? Because a curse can, okay? <laughs> so Jessica says, this is an old house. There is likely a hidden door somewhere. And so she's like, but I can't get in because the room is sealed by the police. So George says, well, I'll use my prowess as a reporter to convince the sergeant to open up the room, at least to be able to see if there's a hidden passageway. Now we see Calder, Mr. Williams, that is, lurking around the grounds. Okay. The next scene, Jessica walks into the office where Adam and Selena are. And she is like massaging the front of his neck. I don't, is she massaging his thyroid? Like, Because he has a headache? Like, is that what, is that what she's massaging? Like, is that supposed to help? Like, what? <laughs> confused I've never seen that before and Jessica's like oh I thought you were here alone he's like no she's giving me a massage I have a a really bad headache she gave me this special tea and Jessica's like oh what's in the tea and Selena's being very shady about what's in the tea but that's a red herring okay okay got it so Selena leaves to get him more tea and Jessica Ask if he knows, this is Adam, ask Adam if he knows about any secret passageways. And Adam's like, not that I know of, but they would likely be in the on the blueprints. And Jessica's like, oh, like those probably in the basement in a box at the bottom and da, da, da. But to her luck, Adam says, well, no, Mark was looking at them yesterday and he put them in this cabinet. So they pulled them out. Mark runs in. He's like, what are you doing? And not because of the blueprints, okay? He's like, oh, hey, Jessica. Um, 
I go out to see that the men aren't working. I'm like, dude, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. Like you're just noticing that now. Anyway, like shouldn't you have been up at 5 a.m.? It's a plantation. Yeah, you weren't up at 5 a.m. and you just now noticing when regular everyday folks, <laughs> people on vacation have gotten up, showered and dressed and had breakfast and are preparing for lunch. Now you notice? And Adam is like, under the circumstances, I gave them the day off. Considering that the person who was running this place, Harry, was murdered, maybe these actual human beings may, even if they hated him, somebody has been murdered. They may need a day to get their minds around the fact that Harry is gone. Now, whether they decide to celebrate or to mourn, that's up to them. But they ain't got to do that here. We want to give them a day off so they could come back focused. But Mark ain't caring about that. He was like, we have a plantation to run. And where is your humanity, Mark? Where's your humanity? Some of these people may not have known that Harry was a terrible person, a terrible racist person. They may not have known that. Maybe he treated them better than he treated you, Mark, because he treated you terribly in front of people. Okay, he just talked down to you in front of people. You can imagine what they said one-on-one. But Adam is like, I have a plantation to run and will do it my way. Okay, so there's some back and forth and Olivia comes in and she was like, boys, okay, I raised you better than this. Okay, not only are y'all arguing in front of company, but y'all arguing in front of company. (laughs) But no, like you're arguing over nonsense because it's not important. Your uncle was murdered last night. His body ain't even cold. It's not even in, it's still in the coroner's office. Okay. And y'all out here arguing about what? Nothing is important right now. So they're like, oh, sorry, mom. They don't even say that, but they, they, they look like, okay. So they, Olivia has invited the, the Dusants over for lunch. So she's like, get y'all selves together, straighten your faces up and get in the lunch, <laughs> get in the, the dining room because we have guests. And so, side note, (laughs) Olivia has this black dress on with like white stripes on it, like around the chest area and on the arms. When she turns around, her whole back is out. When I tell you, (laughs) that was her brother who died, so I guess, but I'm like, (laughs) that actress was like, no, I'm gonna need you to take the back out. Because I need these people to see that I may be a lady of a certain age, but my bag is fierce, okay? This figure, fierce. Oh, you think, oh, mm -mm. no, they need to see the back, okay? They need to see my smooth back, okay? She is wearing that dress. Okay, side note, noted, okay? (laughs) She's like, I'm about to stunt on y'all. Selena, girl, we cool, but I'm stunting on you. Michelle, I don't like you and your nasty attitude. I'm stunting on you. (laughs) Watch me work, okay? (laughs) I 
tell you, she is wearing that, that funerary dress, okay? So they go to lunch. So they go to the dining room. And Jean-Pierre, he has pulled out, brought a wine that he said he was saving for the celebration of bringing the Dusant land together with Waverly, meaning at the wedding of Adam and Michelle. But since that's not going to happen, that it's only fitting that they use this to celebrate Harry's life and all that he's done for the plantation and the family, etc. So he asked Mark to pour the wine. And Olivia gets a bit choked up. She's like, that is very kind of you. He hands her, John pierre hands Olivia his handkerchief and there's a smudge on it that Jessica notices and files away for later. So everyone is, everyone toast, but Mark does not drink his wine, which is also supposedly bad luck that if you toast and you don't drink, it doesn't have to be alcoholic beverage, whatever you toast, you can toast with water. But if you don't drink it, it's supposedly bad luck. I don't know. Am I the only one who heard that before? Anyway, not important. So he's looking real shady. Jessica's looking at him, looking down at the wine. Mark is looking shadily at Adam. And Adam takes one sip with the toast. And then the uh, butler, I guess, brings in a package that has been left. They open it up and it's a, they call it an Obey doll or what you may consider a voodoo doll, right? And it has sticks or needles poking out of it. And Jessica's like, I think this is supposed to represent Adam, not Harry, Adam. So there's some back and forth. They're like, Selena, that was your father and da, 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 da. Like this needs to stop, whatever. So Adam gets up to try to, you know, like y'all calm down. And he then like grabs at his head and like passes out. So the next scene, we're at the hospital and the doctor is like, well, I gave him the antidote. He's, it's going to take some time to take effect, but he should, he should make a full recovery, but it's touch and go. We, we have to see. And Jessica says an antidote, does that mean he was poisoned? And the doctor says it was something he ate or drank. It was tetrotoxin. And Jessica's like, isn't that rat poison? Now, we heard tetrotoxin in the beginning when Harry was uh, degrading, I guess, Mark. And because Mark said the poison ain't working. And he says tetrotoxin works when you apply it correctly. So clearly you didn't apply it correctly. So we've heard of this toxin already. And so the doctor says, well, the interesting thing is his body started to fight the poison already as if it had the antidote in it before he took the poison. So Selena steps up and she says, he did the the herbs that I put together for his headache. They are an antidote for this as well. And I had, he had drank the tea. So the doctor says, well, the tea may have been what saved his life because Mark want to say, well, you're the reason that your father came and cursed, you know, our family or whatever. And the doctor's like, please, with that noise, that may have saved his life. 
the fact that he had a layer of the herbs on his in his system before the poison was introduced. So Mark agrees to take Jessica home because it's going to be a while, but um, his mom and Selena are going to go in to see him, but he's going to have to stay overnight. They have to keep an eye on him and make sure that the antidote is working or if he needs some more and vital signs and all of that. So Mark agrees to take Jessica home. When they walk out of the hospital or the clinic, I should say, they bump into George and George is like, well, I can take Jessica home. And she's like, yes, Mark, it's fine. You go back in there and be with your family because he's like, can we move this along? Cause I need to drop her off and get back here to be with my family. So George is like, I'll do it. So George and Jessica walk off and George is like, so was it really the curse? Like they telling me or what's the real for real deal? And Jessica says, it's rat poison, (laughs) but someone made it look like it was the results of a curse. And George is like a curse to cover for murder. He's like, yeah. So they go to the house and George is helping Jessica examine the blueprints and they figure out that the f- wall is flush with the fireplace in reality, but on the blueprints, the wall should be probably a foot back, okay? And that Harry's room, which is right above it, is designed the same way. So there is room for some a passage behind the wall. So Jessica then sees George wiping his hands off with a handkerchief or he's handing her a handkerchief, something to that effect. And she has an epiphany. So the next scene, we're at the house. It's Olivia and Mark. And Olivia is telling Jean-Pierre that Adam has died. And Mark says he woke up once, but was in so much pain, he didn't even recognize us. And that Selena completely broke down and kept saying Adam's not really dead to the point where they had to sedate her. So she's at the hospital. Uh, No, so they brought her home and she's resting right now. Um, Olivia says, well, you know, we have to go back to the clinic to, I guess, collect Adam's body or make arrangements. We have to go back. But Uh, Selena is in no condition to go back to the clinic, especially because Adam is there deceased. So Jean-Pierre, can you please just keep an eye on her and and stay here till we get back? So he says, yes, not a problem. So they leave. And side note, Olivia and Mark, bravo, because it was just enough between shock and sadness that it's believable, okay? Even Mark and his shady behind, he appears to be in a state of disbelief, you know? And the mother, like she's not crying, but that is understandable between shock and grief, you know, that she can't even form tears 
Okay. But she's not so hysterical and broken up because it hasn't hit her because they literally just found out. Okay. They, mm, okay. Olivia Mark. Okay. I see you actors. Okay. So uh, they walk out. So Jean-Pierre pours himself some of that good liquor. Okay. And he looks like he's, he's holding up the glass as if toasting to Jack Waverly's portrait. When Selena walks in with a nightgown, like a long old, you know, 17th century nightgown on and a candle on a plate, (laughs) a candle holder, you know, with the, that she's carrying around. And she's like in some sort of days saying that Adam's coming. I have to be prepared for him to come. No, I can't go to sleep. He's coming. And Jean-Pierre's like, he is dead, sweetheart. Please, please, just just go back to bed. He ain't coming. So she's looking out the, she's standing facing the French doors. Jean-Pierre is facing her, but his back is to the French doors. And Selena's like, Adam? And she walks over to the French doors and you see that there's somebody there and the doors open and she passes out, right? I'm like, where the heck is it? Did, who took the candle? Like, did she pass out? The rug would have caught on fire? I don't know what happened. Maybe when the door opened, it blew the candle out. We just gonna assume that. Cause I'm like, that carpet would be on fire. Okay, she just, if homegirl just passed out like that. So, <laughs> so Adam or zombie Adam, as I, I'd like to say, because that's what he appears to be as he walks in through these double doors. So John pierre politely puts his glass down. He don't throw it to the ground. He don't drop it. He puts it on the table. He opens up the drawer where Harry keeps his revolver, okay? Pulls it out, shoots five times, and all five hit Adam, but none of them have an effect. And Adam keeps walking towards JP. Jean-Paul, okay? Jean-Pierre. <laughs> Jean-Paul is somebody else. Jean-Pierre. Now, instead of running out the door, instead of heading towards the front door, back door, trying to run around this zombie who probably can't walk that fast instead of trying to run around him and go out the door that Adam came in, Jean-Pierre backs himself up to the stairs and has to make his way upstairs backwards. But he kept stopping to turn around, allowing Adam to get closer and closer, which I'm like, sir, who wrote this scene? Okay, <laughs> Who wrote this scene? You should have been gone, gone. Not wait until he's like four feet away from you and then skedaddling a bit more. So anyway, so they get upstairs. Jean-Pierre runs into one of the rooms and he locks the door, leaving the key in the door on the inside. And then you see the handle jiggling, jiggling, jiggling. Then you see the key fall out of the lock and the door open, okay? So Jean-Pierre 
is not in the room when Zombie Adam gets in there. And Zombie Adam has a smirk on his face. When he looks around, he doesn't see Jean-Pierre. So apparently Jean-Pierre has gone through the secret passageway. Okay. And when he emerges on the other side, he sees Sergeant Jones, Jessica, Selena, and George, the reporter, in the other room. And the sergeant places Jean-Pierre under arrest for the murder of Harry and attempted murder of Adam. And so Jean-Pierre is confused. He was like, attempted murder? Like, I, told he, I thought he was dead. Someone told me he was dead. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> they told me he was dead. So Adam walks in. He was like, you don't believe in zombies, do you, Jean-Pierre? And so he is just confused, okay? Not confused, confused. <laughs> so the next scene, it's the next day. And we find out that Jean-Pierre confessed. Um, and Olivia is like, it's Olivia, Jessica, and George. And George tells them that Jean-Pierre has confessed to murdering Harry and to attempting to kill Adam. So Olivia is like, well, how did you, Jessica, figure out it was Jean-Pierre? And Jessica says, well, it had to be the same person who planted the Obey doll, who then attempted to kill Adam. And Jessica says, thanks to you, Olivia, I knew it was Jean-Pierre. And she's like, me? (laughs) How so? And Jessica says, well, when he handed you his handkerchief, when you started to get choked up at lunch, I saw a black and red smudge on it. You didn't see it, but I could see it from where I was sitting. And at the time, it meant nothing until Jessica saw George wipe smudges off his hand after touching the Obey doll and they were black and red as well. Now, I just would have been given a I'm like, I know he didn't give a dirty handkerchief to her to wipe her face. Anyway, that, that's just me. That's just me. So Olivia's like, why would he do this? And George says, well, Harry always promised Adam, that Adam would marry Michelle and bring the original Dusant land together under their grandchildren, under the Waverly Dusant, Dusant Waverly grandchildren. But when that didn't happen, Harry tried to set Michelle up with Mark, but he was only getting one third of the land. And Jessica says, which is true, unless... Mark was the only living heir. So he had to get rid of Harry and he had to get rid of Adam so that Mark would get everything and that Michelle would marry Mark. Bringing the 200 acres from the Dusant property and however many acres and the house from the Waverly property. So... Then it was, how did he murder Harry? So George says, Jean-Pierre knew about the secret passage and he waited for everyone to go to sleep, went through the secret passage. I'm assuming that the room on the other side was unoccupied. It had to be unoccupied. And so 
went through that other room, through the secret passage into Harry's room. Harry was sound asleep. He strangles him and then puts the snake in the bed, right? And Jessica says it had, there had to be another way into the room. And Jean-Pierre, having grown up here, was the most likely to have known about it because we know that Adam didn't know about it. So likely Mark didn't know about it. And Olivia definitely didn't know about it. So who would have known about it? Jean-Pierre, who had generations who had lived at this plantation. And so we find out that George, in his extensive skill set that we learned about, had done makeup for horror movies and also did props and stunts. So he was like, yeah, it was really easy to set the scene. Pale makeup and stuff. Um, was it uh, like blood packs for the shots, blanks in the gun. And it made it look like, okay, you're shooting at him. He's getting hit, you know, he's bleeding, but it's not stopping him. And then of course the, the zombie-esque, the sunken eye look, the pale greenish color. So it made it believable. So Olivia is grateful and she thanks them both. And that's how the episode ends. Now, my question is, okay, <laughs> what happens to Mark and Michelle, right? Because I'm assuming that Adam and Selena are going to stay married and run the plantation together. Or if Adam's smart, then he will sit down with Mark and figure out how they can run this place together. Just because you are the head of it doesn't mean that Mark can't be instrumental in running it because he's been hands-on all of this time. He's the one who probably has a relationship with all of the employees. So you need to, Adam needs to sit down with Mark to figure that out. Two, what, like, how are you going to go? Well, I don't know. They're going to have to figure out how to get Selena's father to, to lift whatever curse. Cause now this wasn't the curse, but like, still that's out there. Like that's maybe since Harry's dead, the curse went with that. I don't know, but he needs to make peace with her father. Now, I don't know how he's going to do that. I don't know how he's going to do that. I don't know. But that's something he has to do. Figure out how to run that plantation and work it out with Mark so that they can do that. Get Selena's father on his side to not be out here cursing stuff. Because next thing you know, the whole plantation done burnt up. All the land and the Dusant land just on fire, just done unworkable. So you need to get, sit down with that man and figure out, and with Selena too, like the three of y'all need to sit down, have a conversation and figure out where he's at. So y'all can smooth this out. Okay. Cause that's the last thing you need. <laughs> him and his group out here, just 
black magicking it up. Mm-mm. Y'all don't need that. Work that out. Work it out. Okay. Work it out. And Olivia, I guess she going to stay in the house. Cause my question is, what was she going to do? Like if Michelle married Adam, was she going to kick Olivia out? Because Olivia would still be the woman of the house. Like technically, cause she's the mother. But I guess maybe she would have made her take a back seat. She probably would have had her living in the tool shed, to be honest. Michelle was terrible. She, oh, no, she would have been a terrible daughter-in-law. So I'm guessing everything, they left a lot of loose ends here, okay? Obviously, uh, Jean-Pierre's going to prison. Michelle, I, girl, she need to be shamed. So I don't know if she even going to stay in Jamaica or go back to France because they are French, right? Is she going to go back to French and France and let somebody else or whoever was running it, running it? Maybe he has a partner. Maybe he has business associates. Maybe she's just going to try and sell it to the Waverly's and take a nice, you know, chunk of money and keep it pushing. That's what I would do because you have no place in high society at this point. Your father murdered somebody and attempted to murder someone else. So you can't show your face. It's over. (laughs) Granted, Harry was a disgusting racist, but still you can't be out here. That's, but that's not why Jean-Pierre murdered him. If that's why he murdered him, maybe you could show your face. Maybe. You can't be out here murdering people, but maybe. But that's not why he did that. He did that for money. And a fight over property that was stolen from the natives, okay? So I don't think you want to have any friends from jump. And now you can't even be in high society of other people who own land that used to belong to native Jamaicans. So... You, you're going to have to go back to France. You're going to have to come up with some sort of story, okay, about what happened in Jamaica and pray that they don't find out the real deal, okay? I don't know what story you're going to come up with. Uh, and I hope you shame, that they shame you in France too, actually. Everywhere you go, because you're trash as well. So <laughs> she is. She's, you don't have to be rude to people, okay? You don't really have to be rude to people. And think that you're owed anything. Okay. So yeah, she can kick rocks with no socks on. Michelle, that is. Um, I wish good things for Olivia. She was unproblematic. Um, She was able to persevere through having lost her husband and having to raise these two boys and this plantation and all of that, that Harry stepped in. And she had to deal with him and his also nasty attitude and personality for 20 years. So, you know, he's gone now. And Adam seems like he's a much more reasonable person. He is with Selena, who seems very humble and, you know, seems to care for Adam. So... You know, maybe you can, maybe Olivia can work on finding a nice young lady for Mark 
it appears that he's into women. So a nice young lady for Mark. So he don't have to be so evil. <laughs> he ain't evil, but he just pissed with life. Um, clearly Michelle wasn't the one and he was jealous that she was to marry Adam and didn't even give him the time of day. But turns out her father was crazy and murdered your uncle. So, and that she was not interested in marrying you, period. Like, unless your brother was dead, your father was, your uncle was dead. Maybe she would have considered it at that point. But then what marriage would that be? She, she didn't even treat you nicely. You dodged a bullet, Mark. Adam clearly did. But Mark, you did as well. So I think that's everybody. George, you keep putting out your newsletter, okay? And letting the people know what the real deal is, okay? And use your Hollywood skills. Like, why don't you start? We're going to say, let's do some revisionist history. We're going to say that he is going to become a filmmaker in Jamaica. How about that? How about you don't have to go to Hollywood to do that? How about you do that in your home country where you know people, you have connections, you have respect, I'm assuming, from being uh, from the newspaper that you write? Sir, make that work, okay? Make entertainment that you know will be successful based on your experience living and being Jamaican. Work it out, sir. So we're going to wish you that that you start your own film company and become a multimillionaire making the type of movies that you want to make and making a name for yourself and helping out your fellow countrymen by giving them jobs, acting jobs, uh, professional jobs, skilled jobs, and all of that. Just like Tyler Perry is out here doing in the States. Do it, sir. You can do it too. So all the best to him as well. Adam, keep the right head on your shoulders. Selena, don't be a gold digger. Don't don't disappoint us. Okay, we never see these people again. So we're we're just wishing the best. Anyway, so that's that on that. Okay. So it was an episode. And I'll leave it at that. Anyway, so <laughs> next week we will watch and discuss When the Fat Lady Sings, season six, episode eight. Um, yeah, so not heavy topics like that, like that, but definitely my desire for justice is tested in this one. There are some really terrible decisions made, but that's needed for the plot to move forward. So we'll, we'll discuss all that. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) get ready for some injustice, but at the end of it, Jessica makes it right. (laughs) I can't for nine, 9.9 times out of 10. That's how we end. So we'll get through that one together. And Dennis Stanton is in this one. Oh, yes. Jessica and Dennis, yes. Looking forward to that. So until next time, you can find me on Instagram at the Fletcher Files Pod on Instagram, on Facebook Meta at the Fletcher Files Pod on Facebook Meta, 
And of course, in the description box is the link to my Patreon, the Fletcher Files pod on Patreon, the content of it all. Okay. <laughs> There's definitely some new uploads as we speak. So until next time, promise me you will have an amazing week and I will do the same. Until then, bye.